he discovered, and I received this feedback not too long ago, is he was in the middle of a conversation and decided to go deeper, two or three levels. He had some additional questions, and he wound up eliciting such a high level of emotion from his prospect. They were almost begging him to do business with them before he walked out the door. Welcome to Business Owners Radio. Business Owners Radio, where established business owners get the latest insights, strategies, and practices to grow a sustainably profitable business. And now, taking care of business, your hosts, Craig Moen and Shai Gilad. Welcome to Business Owners Radio, episode 138. Our guest today is Brian Robinson. Brian is a sales and marketing expert, coach, and Amazon best-selling author of the book, The Sales Formula, Five Steps for Instant Sales Improvement. Brian has worked in sales and marketing in some of the best-known companies in the world, including Coca-Cola USA and Johnson & Johnson. Upon leaving his corporate career, he helped launch a successful startup where he was the first person in history of that industry to sell more than $1 million in business in 12 months, entirely by phone. Brian's success has led him to refine the process of sales to a new level, one that can change sales staff performance forever. Good morning, Brian. Welcome to Business Owners Radio. Good morning. Good to be here. It's great to have you on board today, and congratulations on a best-selling Amazon book. And Tell us what led you into the tipping point of deciding to actually create a book. That's a great question. The tipping point was I do a lot of journaling, Craig, and through that process, I started to recognize a consistent formula, if you will, consistent steps I used. I look back over the years I've been selling and discovered I've been using essentially the same process everywhere I was. And so I started to codify that. And I recognized that if I could put this into a book or kind of a field guide, if you will, that if it got into the hands of salespeople, that they could actually open the book up to a specific point and apply it on their next sales call. That was my goal. And it's actually worked quite well in that fashion. But that was the motivation, was to help other salespeople, business owners, find a process that's proven and that works if you actually try it. Because I have a lot of books on my shelf, and I haven't tried everything in those books, right? It's a great repository, and you know it's always there, but someday. Mm-hmm. So then, of course, nothing happens in business until actually somebody sells something. Selling is one of our original Minecrafts in history. How has the art and science changed in the selling sector? Well, that is a interesting thought, because... Over the years, I think it's gone from the stereotypical used car salesperson with all deference to those that are in that industry to more of a let's connect on a deeper level. Instead of having a presentation, let's have a conversation and let's ask appropriate questions that drill down deeper than just surface level. And instead of being focused on the outcome, let's focus on the process. And the communication that's occurring and the relationship that's developing in that process. And at the end point, if the trust is there and the solution is there, then it makes sense to do business together instead of the arm twisting kind of approach. Yeah, it becomes more of a consultative basis. And that relationship becomes very paramount. But 
it almost tends to conflict where we need business today and the sales cycles seems to be extensive. So in today's business world, should our business leaders be looking at sales and the sales process a little differently? I think that they should look at it as a linchpin in their entire business model, of course, because as you stated earlier, if something isn't sold, nothing happens. So I think there's an excitement level that business owners have about what they offer. And oftentimes that is the overwhelming mindset is that we've got a great product, we've got a great service. But if you don't focus on the actual process for communicating that, and understanding the needs of those people that you serve at a deeper level, you won't be able to provide that great service or product to the most people. In developing a sales process within a business, are there different types of business that influence the actual sales process, or how would you categorize those for different types of businesses? Well, the broad category that springs to mind is going to be service businesses, and then there are those who sell products physical products. And the focus of this particular formula in the book, the selling formula is from my experience selling services as well as products. So I know it works on both sides. So Brian, I'm curious about your process. Tell us a little bit how it works and how you've used this to help others. Sure. It's five steps. The first step is to connect and set the agenda with your prospect. Second step is interviewing the prospect. Third is presenting your solution. Fourth is providing your pricing and guarantees. And fifth is closing. The most critical component of this process is the interview. And the reason I say that is over the years I've discovered, and this is kind of my personal mantra, is questions are the key to life. And I have seen and experienced myself a dramatic change in my own experience in selling and closing deals just by literally using one different question. So I maintain you could be, as a business owner, one question away from doubling your outcomes and potentially your income. And so the way that works is specifically regarding questions. What I found to be the best way to create questions in a sales conversation is to take a spreadsheet or a piece of paper and just create three columns. The first column is you list out all the features of the product or service that you're selling. And then the second column is writing out each associated benefit with that feature. And there's generally going to be multiple benefits related to each feature. And the third column is the question you would ask to associate to that benefit. And generally there's multiple questions associated back to that benefit. And then basically take an 80-20 approach. Look at the most powerful questions on that paper or that spreadsheet that you've built and put them first, the 20%. After asking general fact-finding questions, kind of housekeeping questions of your prospect, then move into those questions that have the greatest impact with respect to what you're talking about and communicating with on a service or product level. So it sounds like what you're saying is by thinking about the features in advance and then exploring what resonates with the customer, you can then hone in on those features that are going to deliver the value they want. Absolutely. And most people are comfortable with one or two levels of questions about a specific piece of their service or product to try to gain information from their prospect. What I think is important is to go deeper 
and really kind of get to the heart level of that whole question and answer scenario. For example, I have a friend of mine who sells professional video services to real estate people. And he took this process for creating questions and he applied it. What he discovered, and I received this feedback not too long ago, is he was in the middle of a conversation and decided to go deeper, two or three levels. He had some additional questions and he wound up eliciting such a high level of emotion from his prospect. They were almost begging him to do business with them before he walked out the door because they were talking about the impact of him helping them and what that would do in terms of freeing up their personal time, their time with their family, what that might do for their business to grow it, et cetera. And all that hit the emotional cords with those prospects. Yeah. And so often that's where the buying decision comes from, right? We like to think that it's a very rational process, but in fact, most of us call different products and services into our lives to solve some kind of uh, emotional need that we have. Agreed. I mean, it's a well-worn saying that people buy on emotion and then justify in logic. And I really think that's true. So I think like one of the things that calls to mind is how it can be uncomfortable for people to try to connect in that way. And it seems like in sales, sometimes we try to focus on the logic and rational and we miss this huge opportunity to connect. And it goes back to the idea of what type of conversation do you want to have with your prospect? Do you want it to be transactional in nature or do you want it to be relational? And so it's the relational consultative, as Craig said, component that really can elicit the emotion necessary for someone to recognize that this might be the best answer to the problem they're experiencing for sure. So if I own a business, I'm in sales, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. So let, let's just start there. Whether, whether you're actively acquiring customers every day or not, you're still the face of that enterprise and you're trying to move people to be engaged and excited about what you're doing in the market and to try to stand out and differentiate yourself from competitors. So if it makes me uncomfortable, and I hear this so often and candidly, I suffer from the same thing. I, I don't like selling. I don't like the idea of selling. I like the idea of solving problems for people. Uh, But sometimes they have a hard time making that shift. How do you help people get into that mindset, Brian? What I've discovered is if before you walk into that meeting or pick up the phone to make that contact, if you have your questions written out and you're very open by simply stating this, I've got some questions I've prepared for our conversation. Would you be opposed to my asking you those and taking notes on your answers? And it does something. In that relationship build and that trust level growth, when you tell them you've got questions already prepared and that you're going to step through them, and then you don't have to try to go to an emotional level. You can do that already because the questions are there. Does that make sense? Yes. And what it implies is that you've taken the time. You know, you talked about that trust building element, Mm -hmm. and it implies that you've already thought about this person and that you're already on the same side of the table trying to help them. Absolutely. You know, I had an experience of this myself. I was recommended by a friend to meet a gentleman who recently retired and he was in his 50s, sold a medical business, and he was wanting to get back into a totally different area of business. And I went to meet with him at a coffee shop just to have a conversation. And he had a pen laid out and a piece of paper. And he started asking me questions and he was writing answers down to my questions. Just that process of sitting there and having him take notes on my answers made me feel incredibly validated and valued. And I think it does that 
very same thing for any prospect. Brian, in growing as a salesperson and business leaders looking at their sales organization, how do we take our sales to the next level? Is it skills-based or mindset-based or even hiring-based? What are some of the factors involved? I think it's a combination of all three. This is one of the things I wished would have happened when I was with Coca-Cola and Johnson & Johnson. I wished they would have taken a recording of the top salespeople and then pushed it out to the field sales force and said, I want you to listen to this at least 20 times and own the language, own the process, what you're hearing in terms of how they're stepping through that sales conversation. Because I had an associate of mine several years ago take a recording of what I was selling at the time. And he listened to it, he told me, 50 times at least in his car. And he wound up doubling his sales and becoming salesman of the year simply because he owned the process. So if you have a sales team, I would highly recommend taking the top salesperson, recording them and sharing it with your team. And then if you don't, I would suggest taking the framework from the selling formula and just following that and applying it to your sales process and observe what happens. It's amazing how that can sort of fail in many sales organizations because they create such a competitive environment for their sales staff that the top salespeople do not want to share and they do not reward sharing and creating a sharing environment. I'm sure you've seen that also. Oh, I have. Yeah, you're absolutely right. If that could be set aside and shared with the team, it could make a dramatic difference, I believe, simply from the experience I had. So let's say we have a sales organization that's doing average, and there's no salesperson that stands out amongst the team. Is it time to pull in somebody from the outside? I would say yes. I think it would make sense to look at the language they're using and the steps that they're using. And I would focus first on the questions and the alignment of those questions to the individuals that they're speaking with. It's sort of like highlighting the best practices. And sometimes the sales organization hasn't reached a level of the best practices that we'd like to aspire to. And I found that, you know, leaders like yourself and a number of the books that are out there, especially yours, that go into these step-by-step processes. I like what you've done with your book in really detailing it out and setting the roadmap for success. Thank you. You know, what's interesting about that, Craig, is there are people who have an issue with the use of scripts. And following this type of roadmap, they feel like it's kind of handcuffing their sales force. And what I maintain is if you go to a live performance, say a Broadway performance, you've got some terrific actors and actresses that deliver the same lines night after night to completely different audiences, but the impact is just as powerful. So I maintain that if you own the language and the process, you can pivot and still use your personality and the emotional connection that's individual to you to get a deal done. But you still have to have a framework to follow, and I think you still need to own the language. Brian, what have you discovered in all your years to be a real turning point for making your sales grow dynamically? There was a moment where I used a completely different closing question 
and it doubled my closing ratio. I was struggling to get deals done. I would finish the conversation and invariably I would hear, call me back next week, or this is interesting. Give me a week to think about it. And the question that changed everything was, if I could offer you some incentive to move forward now, as opposed to later, would you be open to hearing about that? And the key here is I'm not presenting the incentive. I'm asking permission if they'd be open to talking about an incentive. So I'm not asking them to make any decision other than, would you like to talk about an incentive? And invariably, because of curiosity, the answer would be, yeah, I'm open to that. And then you just fill in the blank. If I could offer you free setup and install, would you be open to moving forward now as opposed to later? If I could offer you whatever, fill in the blank. That was a gigantic moment in terms of getting deals closed because there was a reason there was hesitation. And it was just probably the last process of someone not wanting to part with their money. So you just kind of help them do that gently by offering some incentive and at least allowing a conversation about it. And I did have a few people say, no, Brian, I'm not interested in any incentive. (laughs) Okay, that's fine. Brian, you've shared so much, and I just have to get into this book further because you've got so much insight and years of experience that this book is loaded with. So we really appreciate you joining us today, and we've had a great time. My pleasure. Thanks for inviting me on. So, Brian, is there anything else you'd like to leave with our listeners today? There is. Two things. First, I've got a free gift for all of your listeners. Uh, I'd like to give them the first three chapters of my book the Audible version, and you can download that for free at brianrobinsonbook.com, B-R-I-A-N-R-O-B-I-N-S-O-N book.com. And also, I have a website for the book, thesellingformula.com, and they can get a free copy of my lead generation magic. It's a proven B2B direct mail lead gen system that, for me, it virtually eliminated cold calling. So hopefully that would be helpful to your listeners as well. Our guest today has been Brian Robinson, Amazon bestselling author of the book, The Selling Formula, Five Steps for Instant Sales Improvement. You can learn more about Brian as well as find links to his free gifts mentioned today, all at our website at businessownersradio.com. Thank you for joining us on Business Owners Radio. We hope you enjoyed today's show. As always, you can read more about each episode along with links and offers in the show notes on our website, businessownersradio.com. We want to hear your feedback. Please leave comments on this show or suggestions for upcoming episodes. Tell your fellow business owners about the show and, of course, we would love the stars and comments on iTunes. Till next time, keep taking care of business.